I want you to open with me to the Gospel of John. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can just turn the page in your order of worship to see the, the opening verses of this Gospel that is filled for us with hope. These hymns today, the Advent season, remind us of our longing for restoration, of things to be made right. When darkness feels overwhelming, we look to the light of the world. And in John 1, the beginning of this gospel, this good news, this message of the Savior, we have the arrival of Jesus, our King. So I want you to listen as I read the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Let me pray that God would apply his truth to our lives. Father in heaven, we thank you that you don't remain distant from us, but that you speak directly to us. I thank you that your word provides to us comfort and hope. But more than that, God, you don't remain distant and you have sent Jesus to be our Savior, born of the Virgin Mary. And so we rejoice in the blessing that we hear announced at Christmas. Father, I ask that you would work in us, that you would speak to us by the power of your word. Lord, for those that listen without a faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be a day of salvation. For those of us who come with with faith that feels weakened by the the sorrow and sadness around us, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us as you point us to Jesus, our rescuer. And so, Father in heaven, we come praying in the name of Jesus. Amen. Macy Smith's car hydroplaned and slid off the road. The horror was just beginning for this teen driver. She runs her car off the road and between two trees and then down an embankment. The car flips three times and she lands with her body pinned between the car and the ground. Macy can't reach her phone. And the hours stretch by and darkness falls. Now maybe you feel the the terror that comes with driving as a new driver or maybe being a parent of a new driver or maybe just being a driver on the road with other drivers. We all know that feeling of of losing control, of of feeling like things are are troubling. But worse, we we can imagine the, the feeling of darkness descending upon us because we fear the darkness, especially when we're trapped. And maybe today you feel trapped in darkness, trapped inside your home, trapped in the darkness of a loveless marriage, trapped in the darkness of an ever-lengthening job search, trapped 
in the loneliness of isolation. We feel the horror of the darkness. And yet John 1 shines a light into your darkness. But without Christ, the darkness would be overwhelming. It would destroy you, leave you trapped and lost. Look look with me at how, how the announcement of hope comes to us here in John's Gospel. Those first three words of John's Gospel are familiar to us. In the beginning. I mean, you don't have to have been to very many Sunday school classes for that to sort of trigger a response of, oh, wait, I think that phrase, in the beginning, is somewhere else in the Bible. Because the book of Genesis, that's what the word Genesis means, in the beginning. That's how the very Bible begins, the very first words that God speaks to us. In Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we have here in John 1 a reminder of the beginning of creation, of the the rescue that comes to us. He's he's announcing to us that the word has arrived. Now the the translation there is is the the active working power of God. It's it's not, don't think of it as as the word just sort of printed on a page. But, But maybe your Bible capitalizes word to show us that we're not speaking about, about a concept, we're speaking of a person. And, and it would be clear, even to the first readers, because they had heard the announcement of who Jesus is, that, that John is speaking of Jesus, the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, the one whom the other Gospels announced to us was born in Bethlehem, that in the beginning was the Word, the active and powerful creative work of God, Jesus the Savior, it's, it's a reminder to us that God is gracious to speak to us. That in our darkness, God has not abandoned us. That God hasn't just sort of said, well, they've, they've gotten themselves into this mess, so I'm going to leave them there. Now, John, we, we see, by, by using that phrase, in the beginning, reaches back to creation. And that's much further back than the other gospel writers go. The, the gospel of Mark begins with the public ministry of Jesus. Luke takes us back to the birth of Jesus and the announcement of his birth. Matthew traces the genealogy, the the ancestry of Jesus, all the way back to to Abraham. But John says, no, we have to go even further back. We have to go all the way back to the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Which means John has actually pushed us not to the moment of creation, but even before creation, to the pre-existence of Jesus as God's Son. In the beginning, the Word already was there. And it's the Word, the Son of God, who was with God. The Word was God. It's, it's as verse 3 says, that everything was made through him. And then just so that we don't miss it, he then negates it for us. And without him, there wasn't anything made that was made. So if you look at something in the, in the world, in the universe, and, and you were to, to flip it over and see, well, well, who made this? Where did it come from? Oh, the Word. Jesus made this. Everything that is was made by Jesus, or, or we would hear in Colossians 1 when the Apostle Paul speaks that everything was made by him and through him and for him, for his glory. And so John is pushing us back to the very beginning when Jesus was there to create all things. And so this anchors us, in our hope, in the power of God, the creative, active power of God. It shows us that Jesus is truly divine. He is God 
himself. That's what verse 1 says. The word was with God. And to just make sure we don't miss that that he's just there as a a subsidiary or a a lesser creature, we're told in verse 1, and the word was God. Jesus is the true son of God. Now, maybe you've had somebody knock on your door back in the days when people could knock on your door, and, and they've come as, as re- observant religious people who would say, no, 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 that Jesus is not, he's not God. He's, he's a really great guy. And actually, you don't even have to have, have been part of a, an organized religious system to just think, well, you know, I mean, I'm kind of cool with Jesus. I mean, the nice stuff that he says, and like, Jesus, I'm okay with Jesus being a, a good guy. Well, 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 some religious systems would point to this verse to say, oh, this is proof that Jesus isn't truly God. Because they would say, look at the end of, of verse 1. If you go back to the original Greek, there is no, it, 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 it should say, they, they, they think, if, if we want to say that Jesus is God, it should say Jesus is the God. You have to have the article there in Greek, the definite article, the, to declare that Jesus is God. And so it, it doesn't. It's, it's an anarthrous noun. Okay, that's, that's too much grammar this early on a Sunday morning. But that just means there is no article. There's no a or the in front of God. And so they would say, so it, it, you, you, just, you supply the, the indefinite article. Jesus is just like he's sort of a God, like lowercase g. But, but that's not at all what it's saying. I mean, actually, if you just read through the Gospel of John, and I had to trust the translators on this, but there are lots of other places that, that a definite... The, the, the lack of the article doesn't mean that it, that it makes the, the noun lowercase. That, that, that's not how Greek works at all. But actually, it's important that it doesn't say Jesus was the God. Because, because do you notice what this verse says? Jesus is God, and he is with God. This is actually giving us the divinity of Christ and showing us the, the beauty that Jesus is with God the Father and God the Spirit in full relationship. One commentator says, the word is God, but God is more than the word. And so, so even here, the little articles, the us and thus of the Bible, contain great, powerful theology that Jesus truly is God, and he is with God as the Son of God. God is the one coming to rescue us. And then John you, you, turns from this, this language of, of the word to, to poetic language that makes sense to us in, in whatever culture you've grown up in. This language in verses 4 and 5 of life and light. That Jesus, that in the word was life and the life was the light of men. That there is a brightness, a truth, a revelation that comes to us through Jesus the Savior. And the light now, verse 5, shines in the darkness. It shines in the darkness of, of not only our ignorance, of the fact that we, we've sort of stumbled through life, not understanding what's happening because we're, we're trapped here in the dark, but, but the light shines in the, the darkness of our sin. We, we have willfully placed ourselves here in the darkness by turning away from God. It's our sin that has brought darkness, and so the light shines into the darkness of fallen humanity. And yet, notice what verse 5 says. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus, the Word of God, the powerful creator and sustainer of all things, is the light who has now come to gain victory over darkness. And so there is hope here for us in the power of God, because Jesus enters our darkness. Now, when we get to to verse 6, it almost feels like an interruption. 
There's, there's this poetic flow to the opening verses. The, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We speak of light and life. And then verse 6, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. It, it feels like an interruption of, of we, had such a, we had such a good thing going. This was a good start, John. I mean, this, is, this was a poetic prologue here that, that you've just now interrupted with this. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. And yet, this John, who we know as John the Baptist in the other Gospels, or, or Mark's Gospel calls him the baptizer, the one who baptizes, he's just introduced to us as John here. This is a reminder that God is stepping down into real history. That God's story isn't, isn't merely, isn't merely a, a timeless truth, a philosophical system, but as one commentator says, it is truth anchored in human history. And so yes, we can talk about the beginning before creation, but now we can talk about this moment right now. There's a guy, his name was John, and God sent him to us. And, and he's only called John here. He doesn't, he's not given the descriptor of the Baptist or the baptizer like the other Gospels. Because even though, even though if you look to the top of your page, this is the Gospel according to John, those are two different Johns. John the Baptist is the one sent, a, a, a relative of Jesus sent to announce the, the Gospel message. And John, the son of Zebedee, the brother of James, the follower of Jesus, the disciple who wrote this, his name actually is, never appears in this Gospel. He always, he always uses circumlocution to kind of talk about himself like the disciple whom Jesus loved because in humility, he's not exalting himself or his place. So there's, there's only one John in John's gospel that you really need to know. John, the witness to the Christ. John, the baptizer who comes bringing the picture of God's forgiveness to his people. And so this interruption of verse six is really an encouragement to us. That Jesus enters our story. He enters into history. And Jesus has come, not merely to announce to us a philosophical system, not merely to sort of give us truth to guide us through life, but, but to do something much more specific. Jesus came to give his life for us. To rescue us from our sins. So that in the, in the death of Jesus, the Son of God, you and I can find forgiveness. Jesus enters into our darkness. And John came as a witness. And we, we, we need to make clear he's a witness to the light. He's not the light itself. Which, which for the early church, John had such an exalted place. John the baptizer had such an exalted place that you could see. He is the, the greatest of the prophets. There's, there's no other man who, whose greatness it compares to, to John except the true light. And so just to make clear, he's not the light, verse 8, he's a witness to the light. And verse 7 says, why has he come? He comes, sent from God as a witness, verse 7, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. See, this gospel message comes to you, but with a purpose that it would change the way you think, that it would change what you believe, it would change the one in whom you place your trust. That no longer are you meant to put your trust in yourself or your ability to fix things on your own, but you're meant to put your trust in the word, the light, the life that is given to you. Because in the nostalgia of the Christmas season, you can, you can kind of walk through life and just sort of say, ah, you know, I kind of like all of this. You know, I like the cookies and I like the songs and I, you know, I, I like all of the fun and I certainly like it when people give me things. And so Christmas is great. But you can just sort of shrug your shoulders and say, but, 
But Jesus is Lord. Jesus is rescuer. Jesus is the one in whom I must place my trust and my hope. I must turn away from my sin and follow after Jesus. Well, that feels like too much. But to, to just sort of shrug your shoulders is to, is to, to disobey. Because Jesus came that all might believe through him, to put our trust in him. And so do you believe this truth? It's a question that should challenge you today if you've sort of stumbled through Christmas season's past without thinking personally about it. But remember, this truth is anchored in human history. And so, so even if you've put your trust in Christ and yet you feel insecure or uncertain, then, then does this truth of the arrival of Jesus, of the life given to you, not merely physical life, but eternal life, spiritual life forever. Does this anchor you to Christ? When you feel like you're, you're lost in darkness, do you have hope in the Savior? Because that's why John was sent from God, the God who speaks to us, the God who announces hope to us, the God who has not abandoned us, but the Savior who has come. And he's come, verse 9 says, to give light to everyone. The gospel today is announced to you. The light is coming into the world, we're told. The light of, of Jesus, this true light, this real light, this, this, this ultimate light, now shines in the darkness. A truth for you. See, God doesn't, God doesn't give up on us or give up on his people and say, well, you know what? I actually have sent them lots and lots of messengers. They've already heard the witness. I mean, just think of where the Gospels fall in, the, in your Bible. They fall very close to the, the end. Because God has been warning his people, but now he sends John to bear witness to this light. Because the true light, which gives light to everyone, has come into the world. It, it forces you to make a decision. This gospel is for you today. And yet the tragedy is, verses 10 and 11, that many will not receive this hope. The many will continue to reject Jesus. Verse 10 says, he was in the world and the world was made through him. So that, that your existence is predicated upon the work of Jesus, the word of God. You don't exist. You, you can't continue. Every breath you take is because Jesus made everything in the world. And yet, the world did not know him. Willfully turning from the truth that is made clear to us in the world in which we live. Ignoring the message that God has already given us and rejecting the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Verse 11, Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. They're the ones that have heard the message, the people of Israel. Those that have had prophets speak to them and yet Jesus is not received. People living in darkness, ignoring the light that shines in arrogance and selfishness, claiming as, as if we could live independent, without need for God. See, and there's a sorrow and a sadness that can overwhelm us. Because the, the message of Advent is one of, of, of into the darkness, light shines. And maybe this year it's easier for me to preach because you already feel the weight of the darkness. Because the nostalgia that I've already talked about, that nostalgia doesn't, doesn't feel as strong this year. Because even the nostalgia 
brings sorrow and sadness. The, the, the friends, the neighbors, the grandchildren that would gather with you to bake those cookies, well, they can't be with you this year. You mourn at the, the loss of, of friends who have died. You, you, you struggle with the sorrow of those that you can't be with to visit. You, you can't wrap your arms around someone and wish them a Merry Christmas. And so the darkness, the darkness feels great this year. And that's without thinking through the personal ways in which we struggle and the sorrow and the sadness, the bad news which finds us in any year. See, into this darkness there is light, a victorious light. The darkness cannot overcome it. Into this darkness steps the word of God, the one who brings life itself. Jesus, the Savior, has come, and yet When he came to his own people, his own people did not receive him. And so that forces the question on us today. Will you receive Christ? Will you put your trust in him? Will you find in the the hopelessness and the sorrow and the sadness of life hope in the gospel? Hope in the Savior, Jesus, the word of God, the one with God in the beginning who spoke into existence everything that was made, the one who shines light into our darkness. Will you receive him today? Macy's mom, Katrina, she tried texting her daughter when she hadn't heard from her because it was unusual for, for Macy to be gone for so long without mom knowing where she was. Mom's phone calls went unanswered. But then she remembered that, that she, she, could, she could track her daughter's GPS using her phone. And so, so mom pulls it up and says, well, that's a strange spot, and it shows that she's, she hasn't moved in, in hours. And so mom gathers family, and she, she says, I, I can't explain watching the GPS on my phone with, with my dot getting closer and closer to her dot until it ends with tire tracks running off the road, down an embankment. 25 feet down, she sees the the wreckage. And so mom climbs down the embankment to her daughter with rescuers called to be on their way. Macy, having been trapped for, for now for seven hours underneath her own car, she says, I will never forget the sound of my family calling out my name when they found me. A word of rescue in the darkness. The light shines in your darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, shines into your darkness. Jesus, the rescuer, has climbed down the embankment of your sin to come down to you, to rescue you. Let me pray. Our Father, we give you praise for your grace and mercy, for your work within us, Lord, I ask that we would, we would feel the, having felt the weight of darkness, we would, we would understand the, the glory of the gospel, the hope that we have in you. Lord, I pray for those who have listened today, without faith, without a trust in you, that even as they witness this sacrament, your people responding to you by faith, that, that in seeing the gospel in picture, in the bread and the, the cup, in the death of our Savior, that they would respond today in faith. 
Lord, I pray that you would strengthen those of us who come by faith, because we come in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.